0: Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. Welcome, friends, to a very unique edition of the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. My name is Jim Governale, and I'm delighted to be the radio program manager for the Diocese of Orange as we assemble many great programs for you to enjoy each week on relevant radio, like Empowered by the Spirit with Deacon Steve Greco, Cathedral Square with Father Christopher Smith, Music from the Tower with host David Ball, and last but not least, Orange County Catholic Radio with Rick Howick. Now, for today's episode, we're giving Rick the week off, at least for the first half, as Bishop Timothy Fryer co-hosts along with Father Albaca. We're gonna take a listen to their recent conversation that was recorded for a Facebook live stream presentation. So, without further to do, here's Auxiliary Bishop Timothy Fryer of
1: the Diocese of Orange. Good morning. Thank you for your patience as we had some technical difficulties. It seems what everything's working perfectly about a half hour before we actually start and then something goes crazy. So I appreciate your patience and your willingness to join us. It's a great joy for me to be with you uh, this morning as well as to have Father Albaca, the Director of the Office of Evangelization and Faith Formation, join us for our time together. Uh, so we'll talk about the Mayus Institute, and then we'll answer some of the questions that have been coming in and are coming in. So, Father Al, maybe you have to start, if you'd like to lead us with a prayer. I'd love to. In the name of the Father,
2: the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness, and we ask your blessing to be with us, especially in this time. We ask, Lord, that you place that fire in our hearts that will help disperse on to evangelize and to share the good news of Christ the good news of the Church, and that we may be um, a light in these very, very difficult times, a comfort and a strength. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Father Albaca is a classmate of mine. We were in seminary together, and so it's always good to be able to see you. I know he's going to charge an exorbitant fee for his guest appearance. I'll probably have to take him to his favorite authentic Mexican food, a restaurant Taco Bell for lunch, but thank you, Father Al, for being here. So maybe if you could talk a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in in this position.
2: I sort of feel like I have to defend myself. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, the uh,
2: It's great to be here. As Bishop said, we are classmates going all the way back to uh, seminary. Now he's my boss um, here at the uh, cathedral, but before this, I was working um, in Washington, D.C., as the National Director for ecumenism and Interreligion, the point person to all the different religions, uh, Christian and non-Christian, about the Catholic Church. And I have to say, even at that time, uh, there was this thing about evangelization. There was this sense that, okay, um, I'm, I'm tied into this, I know, but how? And it was an important feature for me. But you can see how that could be a little complicated when you're dealing with other religions and faith traditions. And uh, I read something from Pope Paul VI, and the Holy Father said that the very breath of the church is evangelization. The very breathing that she does evangelizes. And that helped me because I thought all I need to do is place before um, our brothers and sisters of other traditions The truth and the beauty of the church and uh, the beauty of the gospel, the power of Christ. And then I I let go and I let God do the rest, you know, and really that is the common place that we start with evangelization. So coming from that work to this work has not been a a huge uh, transition, but actually has been kind of threaded very nicely for me so now it's just more obvious and so uh, with evangelization it's about having that privilege i think of um, trying to inspire us towards um, the work of christ and and really it has to be something that looks off into the future so that i think evangelization is preparing for the coming of christ that simple we believe that we believe that the lord is coming at the end of all things and we remember we have that that very sad question of Christ in the gospel. Will there be any faith when I come back? And so I kind of feel like, well, part of my job is to not disappoint you, Lord, yes. is that you will find faith, and you will find faith here in the Diocese of Orange. Yes,
1: thank you. And when you were talking about that, it reminded me when I was at that limited visit in Rome back in January, you know me well that I, I like to work and you know, yeah. projects, and if we do this, this will happen. If you do that, that will happen. Yeah. And Pope Francis, a number of times when he was talking about evangelization, said the programs are important, mm-hmm. the work is important, but ultimately it's the Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. is the one that will touch the hearts, that so we create the structures, the opportunities, but it's always that relationship of the Holy Spirit with the person, and mm-hmm. it's good to remind us of that. And,
2: and we need both, don't we? Yeah. Because the, the projects and programs really are helpful Because they organize us, But at the same time, there is that personal response to Christ that is essential and key, and it's the way he started with the apostles, was just by their personal investment in him. And so I I always come back to that, just sitting here with coffee and talking to a neighbor, and the neighbor says, I'm really having a rough time. And then I say, you know, don't worry, God's going to be with you, the Lord's going to help you. Or, here take my rosary, you know, and just hold on to it. You'll, you'll be okay. Simple things like that really make a tremendous difference,
1: and that's what builds uh, faith in the church. Father Al has now been working very hard this past year. He just finished his first year here at the diocese. And before Father Al arrived, and this is the providence of God, I think, that the diocese, as you know, we've talked about before, had a strategic planning process, meeting and interviewing hundreds of people from throughout the diocese uh, representatives of pretty much every ministry and organization asking what's going well what do we need to improve to be an integral part of the life and the faith life of every person in Orange County not just Calics, but every person in Orange County mm-hmm. and one of the recommendations was that the Institute for Pastoral Ministry needed to be revised revamped not that they were doing a bad job they were doing good work but society has changed faith has changed it's like you can't tweak a landline to get a cell phone. You have to come up with a whole new entity. Mm-hmm. And so Bishop then asked you to uh, create that whole new entity, and you came up with Emmaus Institute as the name. So mm-hmm. why Emmaus Institute? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all,
2: I want to say it was a very courageous thing of Bishop Ann to to even call for this to happen, because I, I would think as a bishop, even as a pastor in a parish, you call for a, a very large and, um, unwieldy kind of gathering of people and trying to figure out, uh, what people believe and what they think, what's going wrong, what's going right. And, and that could be a little scary. You don't know what's sure. going to come, you know, at the end of it. But, um, he did it, and what was produced was a wonderful document. That guides us right now, and and as you say, partly uh, from my office of uh, evangelization and faith formation, it was primarily to get into place within a year a new institute, and we decided to name it Emmaus Institute because of the story of Emmaus in the Gospel. And you remember that uh, after uh, resurrection, there's a lot of confusion because some people aren't in yet, some people don't know yet that Christ is resurrected, and so they're still trying to figure out the death on the cross, what seems to be a collapse of the whole ministry of Jesus. And so you have these two uh, friends or disciples walking along the road, and they're talking about this, and in their big questions, all of a sudden, a third person begins walking with them, and beautifully, the person wants to listen first. I'm always struck by that. And so they begin to tell the story of Jesus and what they hoped for, what they thought. And then it says that Jesus goes all the way back, not knowing that it's him, goes all the way back to the Old Testament and begins to show them how uh, revelation would be fulfilled in him as the Messiah and as the Lord. And then we get to this place where finally they arrive at a house, it's getting dark, and the uh, two travelers say, you know, come with us because it's it's already uh, evening is falling And Jesus, he he goes in with them, and uh, I always think too that I think it was more because they wanted to hear more from him. They were captivated by him. I don't think they were that afraid of what was out there. And then all of a sudden, you you have Christ breaking the bread, and it's in that moment that their eyes are open, their hearts are on fire, and they realize through the the Eucharist, you know, how Catholic is that? You know, through the the sacrament, that all their hopes are fulfilled. And then, with that great courage now and that great fire, they rush back to the the others. And they don't care about the dark. They don't care about wild animals. They don't care about anything. They just want to get back to um, everyone else and tell them the experience they've had. So we named the, the Institute after that because we want people who have questions, even confusion, to have confidence in the Institute and to see what we offer and how we can help them move through very very big questions and real questions about faith. Secondly, that we're here to listen as well as to teach. And so listening means um, engaging uh, another person and respecting where they're coming from and trying to understand their place, not a uh, conversation that dominates. And also that uh, it's a learning experience. So in the same way that Jesus was teaching and showing how he's the fulfillment, that's part of our mission too, is to show how the church is the fulfillment of the promise of Christ and how that can help you become a better Catholic, a, a stronger person of faith. Finally the peace uh, so central, you know, to Catholicism, the Holy Eucharist. So that it is in the sacraments, it's in the sacrament par excellence of the Eucharist that we find all our learning fulfilled and all our joys complete.
1: So it's not just head knowledge for the purpose of head knowledge, no. it's it's head knowledge that transforms the heart. And what you have mentioned just in telling the the account of how you created the, the name of the Institute brings out some of the things that are a little bit different in, in the Emmaus Institute, fully in line with the joy of the gospel, the encyclical of Pope Francis. And as we're starting to hear about the new catechetical directory that's being issued by the Holy See, I think we're already ahead of the curve on that. But you mentioned the, the accompaniment mm-hmm. that Jesus had, and I know that there's a piece now that is in the Emmaus Institute uh, mm-hmm. for the students. Do you want to explain that new change?
2: Yeah, I, I, and I do want to back up just a little bit to say that, you know, in the beginning we intended to have an online opportunity for learning, but it was really going to be just uh, something that could assist, could help, but not really the heart of the whole project. And because of the virus, it's really become um, the central piece now. We partnered with Franciscan University, uh, their catechetical institute, they partner with over almost 70 different dioceses through the United States for their institute. Baltimore, Washington, Sacramento, uh, many, many dioceses. And what they offer is um, hundreds and hundreds of courses and courses that are put into tracks. That means if I want to see what would engage me as a Catholic school teacher, these are the courses that I should take. Or someone who's working with RCIA, or someone who just wants to know about better uh, parenting. So it's not always closely tied just to you know doctrine, but a wonderful piece of that too is what you just brought up, accompaniment or what we call mentoring, and um, that's a piece where you have someone who is walking with you as you're going through the courses. Now remember the courses, um, they're online, but they're broken up into sections so that you can reflect. After a certain section, then you are asked a question of how does this, what you just heard, increase or touch your, your faith? How does it make you want to be a better disciple of Christ? They're very open-ended, broad questions, but they're important. And to have the mentor is someone who walks with you, not to correct you or not to um, tell you, well, you know, if you go to this document and look at this paragraph. This is where we, I mean, I suppose that could be a part of it, but really, the the essential part is a friend, like yeah. on a, on the path of Emmaus, yeah. the friend, the other disciple that's walking with you.
1: And I think that's a great innovation that, that yeah. you're bringing to this, because again, hopefully, we're in relationship with one another as a church, we're in relationship with a community, and when we are able to have those opportunities to share our faith, to share how this learning is affecting our prayer. Or our life, you know, it, it gives us that ability to, to be missionary disciples. Mm. You mentioned the partnership with Franciscan. Mm. Young adults that I've been hearing from are thrilled that we've partnered with Franciscan University of Steubenville. They've gone to the, uh, Steubenville West conferences. Mm. uh, They've been to a number of different events. And so they're just on fire that, that Steubenville is the, the Institute of Franciscan University. So I know that there's a lot of enthusiasm among the young adult community yeah. uh, for the opportunity to take that. Yeah. So if somebody wants to start beginning the process with the Mayus Institute, maybe to receive a certification, maybe just to learn more about the faith, they're curious, what do they do and what is that process like?
2: Well, it's very easy, and, and I want to say, too, that we offer, uh, through the Institute, classes in English and in Spanish. The Spanish portion is always building up. I think they're putting in uh, three courses every month. So they're committed to that. And the uh, I think it's something that is going to engage not only youth and young adults, although I'm happy to hear that and I have heard that too because we partner also very much with um, the different departments of the Pastoral Center and especially uh, Armando Cervantes from Youth and Young Adults. But also um, I'm hearing in our movimientos, in our different groups, in, in the diocese, Couples for Christ, Curcio, and others that are involved in these groups that they're very excited about it too. So I think what we're, we're looking at is um, a new way to engage people, a new way to enter into a relationship through the church and um, coming to stronger faith and, and better faith that will guide
0: us. You're listening to a special edition of the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to the special edition of the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Let's get back now to this very unique Facebook live stream online chat with Bishop Timothy Fryer and Father Albaca. So I think
2: what we're we're looking at is um a new way to engage people, a new way to enter into a relationship through the church and um coming to stronger faith and and better faith that will guide us. And so they go online, they register. Yes, um, thank you. If you, it's very simple, you can just go to uh Emmaus Institute at RCBO, and that will guide you. Once you get into Emmaus Institute, click in there. That'll guide you right into registering. And I do want to say the registration is for a whole year. Once you register, it's $75 for a year. And I want to underline that because people keep asking me, oh, you mean $75 per course? And I'm saying, no, it's per year. You can take as many courses as you want at your convenience. It also includes Every year we have a retreat that's going to be set up. That retreat will also be free. That's within that seventy five dollars. So it really is a great uh, opportunity. So I I think we probably could not do better.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think our our people are saying this is a really a cost savings. That's why you keep getting yeah. the question. Right, yeah, right. Seventy five dollars a course, right? And you're like, No, you can you can yeah. do a hundred courses if you want at seven bucks right. and fifty cents yeah. per per course if you break it down. That I know there's a great enthusiasm that you were very aware of, of trying not to burden the, the, yes. the people financially with yeah. that. And so mm-hmm. that's a, a great aspect of it. And I know that you still have a plan that when we're physically able to be back together, there will be some in-person mm-hmm. classes. You've developed a, a big roster of, of people ready, that were ready to teach that's until right. the pandemic hit.
2: Now, that was a wonderful thing is, you know, before the virus, um, as you say, we were, we were planning all on live, really, or live uh, classroom teaching. And we have over over 120 teachers, people, priests, uh, consecrated religious lay people who had already signed up to teach were all ready. We had their syllabus, we had curriculum, we had everything uh, ready to go, and then the virus hit. But the virus will not be forever, and we will get back to um, the best approach, which is live classroom teaching. And uh, we're ready for that. So I think now we'll have a balance of two wonderful approaches, and people can take either or both. You know, at the same time.
1: Thanks for for all your good work. Thanks for for coming by. You're welcome to stay. I'll be answering some questions uh, that people have been submitting. You'll be free to sure, join, but great. if you've got things to do, I won't be offended. And no, no, okay. I'll stay with you. Good, good. So thanks for all the questions that you've been sending in. I appreciate them. I know that, uh, there is a person that had submitted a number of questions, primarily directed to, to you, Father Al. Um, but I know that some of those questions were answered in person back in, I think it was October of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had conversation with them and, and correspondence. So we won't rehash all those questions that have already been addressed. Uh, but we'll try to find the ones that seem to be resonating with, with most people. Again, some put them in the comments section on Instagram on my feed at Bishop Fryer, some put them on the Diocesan uh, feed, also on Facebook, and then others send them through uh, direct messaging.
2: You're very Uh, famous.
1: Oh, hopefully famous, not infamous. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the first question, are there plans to reopen the schools in person or digital? I was just on a conversation this morning uh, with all of the bishops of California talking about that. Our plan here in the Diocese of Orange is for us to be able to open in-person education, at least as it's looking now for pre-K through sixth grade or TK through sixth grade, there's a waiver process that we're waiting on. The state has not yet shown us what that is. We've been in regular contact with the county health officials. They're waiting for templates, so we are planning in-person. I know that for preschool and I think kindergarten, that those are already definite that those are so if you're looking for in-person preschool you can contact our schools to sign up for that I'm sure those slots will go quickly preference probably is going to be given to families that have their other siblings in in person in those schools as well so we are looking at at in person with all of the health precautions that we've been working on since uh, back in March I know that our Department of Catholic Schools has been uh, consulting with experts looking at the CDC, the, the state, county directives to make sure that when we do open in person that they'll be able to do so safely. The science, as I've been hearing from the different experts, is indicating that there's a study done in Germany, for example, that children don't seem to pass the virus as much as adults do. And in one of the studies, they said having children back together may actually slow the spread of the virus, that they may become a barrier for that the CDC just came out and again spoke of the importance of of having in-person school. So we won't do anything that is unsafe. For those families that are nervous about sending their child to in-person school, we also have a remote academy uh, that used to be at St. Polycarp School, but now it's open to anybody anywhere that wants 100% online. There is that uh, remote academy, so you can sign up for that, and everything will be online. You won't have to worry about sending kids. So we're providing both in person, in the majority of our schools, and then the remote academy. Has adoration of the Blessed Sacrament been placed on hold in our diocese during this time? So right now, a parish could choose to have a service, which would be exposition of the Blessed Sacrament with readings, prayers, and benediction. Uh, that would be allowed, it would be outdoors, people keeping physically distance. The churches are not open for all day adoration or all time prayer right now, but we are able to have that time specific time of gathering where people can come and do the Blessed Sacrament. I know also some parishes have, have had it uh, throughout the pandemic and people can have drive in adoration where the Blessed Sacrament's exposed, people stay in their cars. So adoration is a great gift. It's a great source of healing, it's a great source of strength. Uh, just to be able to be with our Lord in that unique, special relationship of seeing him face-to-face. As Father Howes mentioned, the, the disciples of Emmaus, after encounter encountered the Lord, their hearts were burning as they walked with Jesus, and they were filled with joy at, at seeing him. So please encourage your pastors, your parishes, if they aren't providing opportunities for Adoration of the sacrament, to do so and to go and pray. In normal times, we have the Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament 24 hours a day, every day a week in, in our diocese. Bishop Johnson, that was one of the first things he did when our diocese was founded, was created that program of adoration. And he asked that we go and adore Jesus and pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life, as well as for the holiness or the sanctification of all the people here in the Diocese of Orange. As you know, in our diocese, we've been blessed with many, many vocations. And I think a big part of that is because of your prayer, asking the Lord of the Harvest to continue to send people into the Harvest, we've been blessed with a number of people going to religious life, as well as the and priests, so please continue to spend that time in prayer. Bishop, maybe I can jump in for a minute, sure. minute too, just to say that
2: um, the three bishops of our diocese have um, been very, very generous in your time in Processions. Yes. So we had you in the back of a pickup truck. Remember yes. at Blessed Sacrament, and with the monstrance, and we went through the neighborhoods, yes. and it really uh, touched a lot of hearts. In fact, I don't know if you noticed, but on the way back, when we were coming back into Blessed Sacrament parking lot, uh, a guy in a Harley with a big bandana and big dark glasses and everything, he saw what was going on, and he stopped. He got out from his motorcycle. And waited as we went by with the Blessed Sacrament, he got on his motorcycle and then came out uh, around and back and followed and then followed into the parking lot wow. and then spent time with us in you know with the Eucharist. So it's amazing how it touches people. but also we've had uh, at Blessed Sacrament and other places uh, adoration outside. Right. So that the blessed sacrament has been placed uh, on an altar or in the you know the monstrance outside for a period of time, we do that on Saturdays when we're having outside confessions. Blessed sacrament is exposed to. So there's a lot of ways we can do this, and I yeah. and this is evangelization too, yes. right? Yes. It's um, soft, personal, but a very dynamic evangelization.
1: Good point. And and that was that was a great experience. Everything was so organized. The blessed sacrament. Uh, everybody was so prayerful. It was a wonderful. Hot, but but a very I good you were experience. You're gonna get heat stroke. Right? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. So, <laughs> what are some of the recommendations we have for catechists to help form their confirmation students spiritually by the social media platform? Do you want to take a swing at that? So, how do you help the confirmation students now that they're online and using social media? Yeah, this is a
2: very uh, challenging time for trying to do the best you can with um, you know the parameters that we have. But some of the things that uh, we've been doing, I've been doing, and you've been doing also, um, hot seat. And so uh, it's taking that group of believers. And uh, what we do is we sit with the parish priest or the pastor, and the young adults or the teens can ask any question they want for an hour, hour and a half. And so it's our job to respond to that and to give them good information. And it's always wonderful. It's always a lot of fun. In fact, we had one with um, young adults where a young adult came later who had been on that and decided to um, actively look at entering the seminary. right? So But um, I think there are different creative ways that we can do this. Um, uh, and I think we have to think outside the box. And I'm hoping that by the end of um, the virus that we don't go back to not using technology. We've really learned a lot. Right. And I think um, even with our, our teens, uh, this is a, a big area where they're comfortable with it. We have to be comfortable with it too.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that you continuing to meet on Zoom, yeah. you, know, you can have some prayer time on Zoom. Uh, you can have praise and worship on Zoom. Uh, You can have talks, you can give some reflections, you can allow people to just share their faith, but I think that young adults are out on on the digital scene. We can just continue to be out there. Uh, I know you've taped some reflections as well. A lot of our priests have confirmation catechists can do that. Uh, You can talk about how you're responding to the pandemic or how the Lord is working in your life, any type of different aspect of your faith. So, Just continue to to reach out and and to be there.
2: And as a teen or an adult, you can get three or four of your friends and just do a time of reflection, you know, what do we think about what's going on, where is God in all this, and and have some good conversations. So it doesn't even have to be led even by us. This is a time now when um, everybody can take uh, a little bit of, um, I think, ownership for that.
1: Related to that, our gatherings such as praise and worship or youth nights uh, permitted in the diocese, as long as you respect the physical distancing, uh, wearing a mask, all of those things that we've been telling you to do f- to keep people safe, uh, you can gather for, for worship. So just as you would gather for mass, you would gather for that. If you're having praise and worship, the challenge will be not having everybody take off their mask and be singing with full voice, uh, that the science is saying right now that the droplets tend to travel two to three, maybe even four times as far when a person is singing than if they're speaking. So definitely wearing masks, being farther apart if they are singing, uh, keep that distance. It's a challenge, I know, for young adults because you want to just go up and hug everybody and see each other. So it is allowed, but we need to, to be able to do so safely. When are we going to return to indoor masks? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. So. What seems to be coming out is that the virus does not last as long outdoors as it does indoors. And that's the reason why we've shifted to outdoors. People have been saying though that they kind of like outdoor, uh, that they enjoy the experience. Uh, I don't know that we want to have outdoor in January when it's cold and rainy, but at least right now we're blessed to be in Orange County. It would be quite different if we were in the Imperial Valley or, or somewhere in the desert where it's, you know, 120 degrees. I know that People have been going to those Masses, it's been safe. People have been staying uh, distant ap- with from each other. But they also, my mom was saying that one of the things that she noticed at St. Simon and Jude, my home parish, is that people aren't coming in late and leaving early, maybe because there's the embarrassment when you're out on, on the field together. You don't wanna be that one tromping across in front of everybody. So I think our priests continue to be very creative. I know a number of them have been uh, acquiring canopies to give you some shade. They've been adapting the mass schedule. Uh, so we'll wait and see. Hopefully we'll be able to get back in. Maybe it will be with different technology as far as air conditioning or heating, uh, but we're just waiting to see. As we learn more about the virus, we continue to, to adapt. You know, we're finding now that, you know, it used to be that if I touch this table, nobody could touch it for two or three days. And now they're saying, well, no, the virus isn't lasting that long on the yeah. table. So we're learning a lot and we're trying to serve you as best we can. You've been very good and patient and flexible, and I'm grateful for that as well. Continue to thank your priests for their flexibility. They're being stretched in ways that they never imagined. I've been talking or texting with some of our priests that just had their one-year anniversary of priesthood and saying, what a first year. It's hard enough just learning to be a priest. But then you've had all of the ramifications of the pandemic, and they've really done great work. Some of the best work, I think, on, online has been yeah. by these guys who have just finished their first year, so it's been a great experience for us. I know that I think we've kind of run over our time. I appreciate you joining us. Please give feedback if you'd like to have more of these, less of these, with guests, without. With Father Al. Uh, with Father Al. I don't know if I can afford another Taco Bell lunch, but we'll <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, if you'd like to have him back, he's always welcome. And so let's close with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us, for the opportunity to know your Son, Jesus Christ, and to be his messengers, bringing hope and healing to those in despair, bringing comfort and peace, joy and solace. We ask that you help us to continue to boldly proclaim Jesus Christ to all with whom we will interact this day, that we may be messengers of his love to all that we meet. And may Almighty God bless and protect you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Father Al, for, for being with us this morning, and thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless.